and for every day as much as we say thanks to the Lord, we say thanks to this day also. Praise the Lord. We want to acknowledge all our parents, especially our fathers, and we want to wish all of you a blessed and a happy Father's Day. It's my prayer that the Lord would enable you to live up to that calling that God has placed on your life to be a model father. All right? Please be seated. Amen. Today, as we dig into God's word, we want to, want to remind a few things about model fathers that we need to emulate in our lives. Fathers that we have to, we could, and we have to emulate in our lives. Paul writing to the Philippians, Philippians 4.20 says, To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. God is worthy to be glorified, exalted, and glory and honor belongs to him, exclusively to him. Praise the Lord. When you read the Bible, the Bible shows us and displays to us right in front of us the most important figure as a father figure in the Bible is God the Father himself. And when you look intently at God the Father, you will see his wisdom, provision, protection, his knowledge, his insight. His power, His grace, His glory is unmatchable. Praise the Lord. And quite often when we look at this Father who is perfect, perfect, we are intimidated because we realize that we do not rise up to that standard. But the love of this Father is real and authentic. And He embraces us with His love which is a very unique kind of love, for he has said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Who can love us with an everlasting love? We are used to love from every end, every angle. But every love that you experience on the face of the earth is limited. It's for a time being. No matter how deeply our loved ones love us, there is a time frame to it. But God's love is unique. He said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Praise the Lord. And in order to prove that he loves us with an everlasting love, he gave his son for us, and he has given us everlasting life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you and I have to experience everlasting love, we need to be people who are recipients of everlasting life. Praise the Lord. So this everlasting life comes from Jesus and the everlasting love comes from God himself. Hallelujah. God wants us to experience both everlasting life and everlasting love. Praise the Lord. Throughout the scriptures you see model fathers that we can emulate in our lives. And this morning, I want to touch about a few fathers, earthly fathers, 
that are written in God's word whereby we can emulate some of their godly characters in our lives. So we will touch two from the old and two from the new so that we know that as earthly fathers, with all of our shortcomings, we can rise up to the occasion. Is there a perfect father in the house? Perfect father in the house? I don't see any hands. Is there a perfect son in the house? No. But we have a perfect father in God the Father and a perfect son in God the Son, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. But we want to take real life examples from the earth. People with shortcomings. People with different challenges that they faced in the earth. With their weakness and failures, they managed to import into their next generation godliness and life lessons that's worth emulating in our lives. So we're going to start from the beginning of the scripture itself. I want to draw your attention to one of the godly fathers in the Bible as it's recorded in Genesis chapter 6. And it's also talked about in Hebrews chapter 11. So I'm going to read from Hebrews 11 and then we're going to look into Genesis 6 and 7. By faith Noah being warned by God about things not yet seen in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness which is according to faith. Praise the Lord. By faith, a man of faith. A man who did not just speak, talk the talk, but walk the walk. His faith was evident in action as he obeyed the instructions to the T and did what God asked him to do. I want you to look for a moment with us. Look at this man and the Herculean project that God gave him. God decided that he was going to get rid of every inhabitant on the face of the earth, but save a remnant. And he picked Noah because he was a righteous man and Noah found favor in the eyes of God. And gave him a project which, according to Bible scholars, lasted for 100 years. And throughout this time, as he was building, as he built it, he had a family. And his family's children started growing up with him. And they watched this project. And I'm sure they watched what was going on around them. A godly father in an ungodly world. A father that was connected to God. And a world that was connected to worldliness and ungodliness. And as ungodliness increased on the face of the earth, the Bible says, as the word of God says, every thought of human being was wicked evil in the sight of God to that extent that God decided that he's going to wipe the face of the earth everyone that was on earth but this family found favor in the sight of God and as it is written, written in Genesis chapter 7 this is what God tells Noah go into the ark you and your whole family 
because I have found you righteous in this generation. This is how the NKJV version says, Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Listen, do you know how hard it is to keep our kids with our projects? Do you know how hard it is for our kids to believe in us? Not for one day, two days. There are high days and there are low days. There are high days and there are holy days. During the high days, we shower our kids with gifts. And there are days when the kids will reciprocate. But to keep our kids with us, aligned for a century throughout our lifetime. Believing in us and believing in the mission that God has given us requires a lot of work. Praise the Lord. And where do you see in this work? Because when the ark was ready, God said, come you and your family. Interesting, right? Chapter 7, verse 13, Noah and family boarded the ark. But I want you to draw you, I want to draw your attention to one verse that says, in the self-same day, entered Noah, Shem, Ham, Japheth, the sons of Noah, and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his son with them into the ark. To keep his kids with him. That's the task. To keep his kid's wife and his wife believing in him and in his project is quite a task. Once the mission was a task, now you can bring your family into the ark. And the Bible says, first person was Noah. Praise God. In other words, a Role model. He lived by example. Praise God. He lived by example. The reason that his kids stood with him throughout this project, not only his kids, his daughter-in-laws. It's one thing for our kids to stand with us, and it is one laws and daughter-in-laws to stand with us. Praise the Lord. It is one thing to talk about the bond, a blood bond between us and our children and to experience the same kind of bonding with the kids that they marry, their spouses. No one manage that link with both his children and his and their spouses. Praise the Lord. A model person in his home, in his project, that they carried the same vision that he had. Now that's not an easy thing. If there are four people in a home, five people in a home, everybody has a different perspective. But here, 
we see that they all were focused on what in the time the Bible says the all of them got on board on what board on that good ship called salvation and they escaped the judgment that they that they had I know that all of us are involved in not save the world God expects a Praise the Lord. God expects us to save us. He wants us to spread the aroma of Jesus around us. But can you imagine after working for a whole lifetime, if our family is not on that ship called salvation, what kind of eternity we are going to enjoy. Praise the Lord. And if that has to happen, it has to be more than words. It has to be action. It has to be modeling that lifestyle that God has called us out to be. Fatherhood is a high and a holy calling. Nobody can take it lightly. In order to become a father, it could be easy. But if you have to live up to the calling that God places upon our lives, there are times, there is a lifetime of sacrifice and modeling that God calls us out to be. And Noah was that kind of a man. Of course, when you read this, this entire life, there was challenges and there are some failures in this life. But that's because we are human beings. As human beings, there will be flaws and failures in our lives. We don't want to dwell on them. We get up from them. We overcome them. We let our children know that we are human beings who make mistakes in our lives, but we still value God, godliness, faith, and faith values that are granted to us. And Noah was able to show that to his family. As a father, we are the leader in the home. As a father, we are the priest. As a father, we are the patriarch of our family, of our clan. Praise the Lord. If Noah had to make sure that his family got saved, praise God. He lived a right life that was modeled. Praise God. I want to draw your attention to another character in the Old Testament, Abraham. If Noah showed godliness through his family, through his lifestyle, through the project that he was involved in, through the preaching of righteousness, as the Bible calls him, the preacher of righteousness, Abraham's lifestyle also shows something. He was able to impart godly fear into his son. I want to draw your attention to father and son both going to worship. Both of them are walking together. It's a three-day journey. It's not jumping into your car and just zooming. But it's a three-day journey. It's a hike. They're going up on a mountain. Abraham had two of his servants helping him. But once they reached that mountain, the 
the wood for the sacrifice went upon Isaac's shoulders. Abraham had the knife and he had the fire with him. It's not like coming to church with an iPad or an iPhone. There was a price to pay. There was sweat. But we see they both are climbing. They both are walking together. There has to be a synchronization between the father and the son. Between the father and daughter. As we seek the face of the Lord together. The Bible depicts God as our God from generation to generation. If God has to be our God from generation to generation, we are instrumental. It is our responsibility to impart that knowledge of a living God to our children, not through just simply words, but through our action. And Abraham and Isaac, they both had a bond in worship. It's one thing to have bonding. We have bonding through amusement. We have bonding through entertainment. We are bonding by sharing meals. All those things are good. Please continue it. Don't belittle it. But bonding through worship, that takes place when our children see how much importance we give to God and godliness and worship. Both this father and son is climbing up. As they go up to the worship, Abraham tells his servants, you guys stay here. We both are going to go up and worship and we'll come back. In other words, Abraham did not believe in outsourcing. He didn't want worship to be outsourcing. Worship is an intimate relationship with God. It's an intimate moment with God. It's when you connect with God. It's when you commune with God. It's when you're giving your very best to the Lord. And Abraham was going up Mount Moriah to give his very best. As they both are climbing, Isaac asked a question. Daddy, we have wood, we have fire, we have the knife. Where is the sacrificial lamb? Praise God. Isaac was so much involved in worship, he knew what is involved in worship. He had seen his father offer sacrifice. He had seen his father building an altar and laying an animal on that altar and sacrificing. And he realized in a worship, there has to be a sacrifice. Are we able to transmit that fact to our generation that in worship, there is sacrifice? In worship, there is sacrifice. And they have to see it through our lives. Thank God we are in the New Testament. We don't bring in animals. We don't bring in dows. We don't bring any kind of animals into the house of God to worship. But when we come, we offer the sacrifice of praise. 
the fruit of our lips giving thanks to the Lord. Let me just ask you a question. When was the last time our children saw us giving praise to God? The fruit of our lips giving thanks to God. When was the last time when your son, when your daughter looked at your face and said, Hey, what is that? Praise God coming out of our mouths. Praise God. Hey, listen. Our kids have to see us. Praying, praising, worshiping. That's the only time they will believe what we talk is real. Praise God. As parents, we have authority. And sometimes we use our authority. We should use our authority. But let me tell you. Just simply saying, go, go to the house of God. Go, to, go for Sunday school is not enough. We have to show it through our lives. Praise the Lord. That would leave a lasting impression upon them. Praise God. Abraham and Isaac. Abraham modeled through his life what worship is. Praise the Lord. And he showed it to his son. And his son Isaac picks it up from there. Another model in the Bible. Joseph. Joseph, the father, the earthly father of Jesus. I want to call him the foster father. Praise God. I thank God for all the foster parents, foster fathers who pick up lives, stand with them, rear them, groom them, mentor them, and make them men and women of valor. Praise God. Our children need model fathers in our homes. Praise God. And I pray that every one of us with all of our challenges will become model fathers. Praise God. Joseph. We know the story. I don't want to dig into it deep. But look at Joseph. Father of Jesus on the earth. We know Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit. But there was a father figure on the earth for him. Praise God. Joseph, when he was espoused, Mary, when they were engaged, there was this news that Mary is pregnant. And the Bible says, when Joseph heard it, he decided to put her away quietly. The Bible calls him as a just man. Praise God. He had all the right to call for legal action. Because this is something that's unheard. But God spoke to Joseph. And Joseph listened to the voice of God as the angel of the Lord spoke to him. And Joseph was convinced. Praise God. Joseph decided to obey what God told him. Praise God. The greatest assignment a man and a woman can experience on the face of the earth. Mary carrying the Savior of the world in her womb. Being conceived of the Holy Spirit. 
and Joseph as a foster father that would play a fatherly role in the life of Jesus. Heaven picked this couple, praise God, because heaven knew that heaven can count on them. Praise God. The birth of Jesus is a very unique birth. But let me ask you, can heaven count on us as fathers? If God decides to deposit a child into our hands and God has a great purpose and a plan for that child in this world. Every man and woman of God, God has a plan for them, but they are entrusted as infants in our hands and we play a major role in importing life lessons and faith lessons into our children. We want them to be smart and we want them to be wise. We want them to be intelligent. Praise God. We give them the best of education, but above everything else, do we give the best as well as the knowledge of God's word through our personal life. Home is a divine school that God has instituted and every parent is a teacher and that's what the word of God says both in the Old and the New Testament. It's our responsibility. Joseph heard from God. He was a man who was very upright, moral man. Praise God. But Joseph was also a merciful man. Praise God. Listen to this. His morality told him that he cannot go on with his relationship. But once he heard God, he decided that what is going to stick on. But even when he was going to take some legal action, he was planning to put her over quietly because he was a merciful man. Sometimes this this uprightness, being moral and being mercy, merciful doesn't go together. Some people are all about being moral. Their moral life, they want to keep it up. That's good. But do you have a tinge of mercy in you? Joseph was both a good combination of moral life and merciful. No wonder heaven decided to entrust him with the care of Jesus. Praise God. Look at the pain that the man goes through to make sure that Jesus is protected. Four times the Bible says, in his sleep the angel spoke to him. Four times. Each time when he saw the dream, he acted on it. Available. God wants us to be fathers who act on the word of God. Praise God. When we act on the word of God, we weave a fence of protection around our offsprings. There is the Logos word and there is the Rima word. We have to apply both the Logos word and the Rima word for our offspring. And thereby that's how you cover them with a protection fence around their lives. 
Joseph's life and lifestyle was disrupted because God told him about the impending danger. When we hear about the impending danger that our generation is going to face, the flood, the deluge that's going to come, the deluge of immorality that's coming in our world, what is it that we are doing? Do you know what God wants us to do? Become obedient parents. The Bible says Joseph got up and did what the angel said. What did he do? He went to Egypt. Lived there for two years. And then when the angel said come back, he came back. Praise God. Hallelujah. Actively involved in protection, provision, and promotion of their offspring. Praise God. Hallelujah. One more father and I'll conclude. The father in Luke 15. Jesus talks about. I don't want to call it the story of the prodigal son. I want to say that it's the story of a loving father. A generous, a gracious, a loving, a merciful, compassionate father. Of course, Jesus is depicting his heavenly father to his audience. And he talks about a home. A father and two sons. The two sons represent all of us one way or the other. Living under the canopy of Father's provision. We all are living under the canopy of Father's provision and Father's protection. All of us. The Bible says the youngest son comes and says, Give me. Give me what comes to me. Most of us are like that. Give me. We are in that father's house, but our mind is gimme. What am I going to get from my father? How much am I going to get from my father? We are constantly asking, 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 asking. Keep asking because he's rich and he can give. But this young son came and said, listen, what comes to me, I want it. And you would wonder. How would this father just simply give half of everything to this guy, knowing that he was up to no good? But there is a lesson there, folks. It shows the heart of the father. I know it's very hard for us to grapple with the fact, how can a father just give up everything, half of it to him? That's a gracious and a generous father. Allow me one more minute. Let me just tell you. As much as we live under the roof of our Heavenly Father, as much as we get our protection, provision, and every goodies that comes from Him, God the Father does not want your and mine forced service, labor, or love. If you're going to serve Him, do it wholeheartedly. If you're going to love him, love him wholeheartedly. He does not force 
anything on anyone. When God created man, he gave him the willpower to choose. To say yes, to say no. To say, Lord, I'm willing. Lord, I'm committed to you. I'm committed to your cause. I live under your roof. I want to love you. I want to serve you. And whatever I do, I want to do it wholeheartedly. I don't want to do it because of the carrots that are offered. I don't want to do it because of the perks that I'm getting. I want to do it because I love you. And the father gives him what he asks. The Bible says he takes it. He just uses it. And one day he's bankrupt, broke, and busted. What about the father? The father knew that this guy is going to run out of goods and goodies. Father is still waiting for him. Look at the heart of the father. Praise God. Yearning for his son. Yearning for his son's return. He's waiting for him to come back. You would think the father might have sent, wired some money for him. No. You think the father sent out the servant saying, come back. No. The father waited. Waited. Waited patiently. All along perhaps praying that he comes back. Praise God. The father waited patiently. And Jesus was showing how the heavenly father is waiting for all of his wavered sons and daughters to come back to him. Why wouldn't the father wire some money to him? Why wouldn't the father send some money through Venmo? No. The father didn't. Praise God. To send money, wire money would be, would lead him to continue his lifestyle. Do you know why sometimes God withholds certain things from us? It's because he wants you to come back to him. Praise God. When you are in that far country, when you are in the distant country, I remember once preaching on that topic. The title was Living in D.C., Living in a Distant Country. If the father were to send supplies to D.C., that would have just enabled the son to continue in his lifestyle. So when the father withdrew or withheld, sending supplies and provision, knowing that it is going to keep him away. When he withdrew it or withheld it, it was so that the son will come back to him. Praise God. One son was loose in lifestyle. The other son that stayed home was legalistic in nature. A loose son and a son who is legalistic in nature. They both live under the same roof. And the father puts up with both. We just need to ask ourselves where we fit. A loose lifestyle or legalistic in nature. 
The elder son was legalistic in nature. He says, all these years I have slaved for you. I have labored for you. You have not given me a single lamb, a goat for me to have party with my friends. Look at the mindset. But you know what? I don't want to go with the prodigal son. I don't want to go with the other son. I want to go with the father. Look at the father. The father puts up with both. Father puts up with both. When the young son comes, he runs and he embraces him. And he brings him home and he calls for a party. Praise God. The other son that's offended is standing outside. The father just doesn't say, you're offended, you stay out. That's okay. When you are back to normal, you can come in. No. The father starts dealing with him. Telling him, praise the Lord, what's really Real life enjoyment is. Let me ask you, my friend. Whether you are a father or a son. Or a daughter or a child. We all are living under the father's roof. But what kind of a mindset do we have? Do we have a loose life mindset? Or a legalistic kind of a mindset? What kind of service are we offering to the Father? Living in the Father's house and what kind of service are we putting up? Are we grumpy when we do something for the Lord? Are we angry when we're doing something for the Lord? Do we get very easily offended when you see how gracious God has been to others? Does God's grace turn you off? The grace that God shows others, does that turn you off? Does that offend you? That's what happened to the older brother. He was offended. Sometimes we believe that it is just our works. We are, it's, we are not saved by our works. We are saved by grace and grace alone. Yes, once we are saved and when we work for the Lord, there is a reward. But everything is the grace and mercy of God. If you're working for the Lord, that energy is from Him. If you're skilled and talented, if you're if you wealthy and healthy, it's from Him. If you have a high IQ, praise God, it's from Him. It's his grace. It's his grace. He's merciful. So with a heart full of gratitude, we serve him. Not with a mindset that I'm laboring and I'm being a slave in the house of God. Both sons learned that day a lesson that we all need to learn from our father. That father's righteousness and blessings goodness and grace it's simply because of who he is as the story fades as Jesus stops the story I want you to ask yourself who do you think in the future would be a better worker for the father who do you think You think it's the older brother who is corrected, 
was told by the father, hey, you got to change your mindset. Or the younger son who's been forgiven. The older son who worked very hard and said, all these years I slaved for you. Or the younger son who comes in and says, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Call me your servant. Who do you think will work diligently for the rest of their life? Praise God. The one who has experienced the goodness of God. Praise God. Will look at the father and say, you are truly good. You are merciful. You are compassionate. You are a loving father. Praise God. Every ounce of my strength, every ounce of my energy, everything that I have is yours. Praise God. I'm going to serve you wholeheartedly. Praise God. What a loving father we have in God. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Bible says he does not treat us according to our, 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 praise God. No, he does not treat us according to our iniquities. He does not treat us according to every fault that we have in our lives. He has been gracious. That's why he sent Jesus on our behalf on the cross of Calvary. When Christ took everything upon himself and he paid the price for you and for me. And this father gives you a second chance and a third chance. And I want to call you out this morning as you're seated in the house of God. Respond to the love of God. Why run away? Why put up a friend? Why put up a facade of a son that is truly serving when you are not content deep inside with the service for God. As fathers, I want to call all fathers to emulate our heavenly father, meaning giving our wavered children a second chance to come back. Not by pampering them, but praying for them and waiting for them to come back. Praise. Hallelujah. As fathers, on this Father's Day, can we look into our own lives and ask ourselves, Lord, am I able to model a godly father in my home? Do my children, do they believe in what I believe? Do they look at the projects that you have given me as a godly project? And when the chips are down, we want to make sure that our family is on that boat safe. The good ship called salvation. Like Abraham, are we able to import faith values, worship of God to our next generation? As Joseph are we willing to pay the price to protect and to provide for our children? As our Heavenly Father, are we willing to embrace even when we are let down? Are we willing to reach out to the offended 
we need lots of grace. Praise the Lord. Every father is a son. Don't forget that. Every one of us who are seated here, whether you're a father, a mother, a son, a daughter, you are the son and daughter of the Most High. And he's our heavenly father. And that heavenly father expects you and me to emulate. Yeah, we feel short. We fall short quite often. But still, as much as grace is received, may God grant us to give grace to the people, to our children, to our offsprings in the coming days. Shall we close our eyes for a moment? Thank you, Lord. Can you sing that song, I Have a Father? He knows my name. He knows my name. Amen.
my friend? Are you assured of the fact that you have a father? Do you know that father? Unlike our earthly fathers, unlike us who are fathers, he is perfect. And he says, as a father, he says, I will not leave you, nor would I forsake you. When the world says, dump you, get rid of you, forget you, erase you, strike you out. He says, I will not forsake you. I will not leave you. He's waiting for you this morning. He waits patiently, looking as far as sight reaches. In fact, his sight is locked onto you. He knows your every move. He knows your every tears. He knows you by your name. And he waits for you. Whether you're standing outside the house angry and offended, all the way in that far country, lost, hopeless. He waits for you. Would you come in? Would you feel the embrace, the warmth of his love? With hands stretched wide open. He runs towards you. He wants to embrace you, hug you, kiss you. My friend, have you gone away from this father? If you do, this is the day back. This is the day when you can feel his warmth and embrace. And if there is anybody in this house... Who wants to say, Father, I'm coming back home. I'm coming back. You can erase my past. You can erase my failures. You can give me a new lease to life. You can give me a fresh beginning, a new start. Yes. The love of the Father reaches out to you this morning. Would you respond to him? Will you say, Father, I've gone wrong. Here I am. I've come back to you. Whether you're in the pig pen or in the Father's backyard, Father still needs you. He still loves you. Who would say, I make a commitment to you? Lord, all these years I thought I was slaving for you. While all along I don't, didn't realize that my labor for you, as you once, it ought to be a labor of love. Is this a labor of love that you're involved in, my friend? 
Does the love of Jesus, love of the Father, compel you to serve him diligently and to enjoy his presence? The altar is open. You can either pull out your heart and stretch it towards the Savior saying, Lord, Here's my heart. It's broken. Repair it. Mend it. Fix it. Or you can be bold like that little lad, like that younger brother who got up and realized that he was wrong and slowly and steadily started walking back to the Father. Praise God. How would you respond this morning? This is a moment between you and God. This Father's Day. Would you be connected to the Father of the spirits? Would you be connected to the compassionate Father? The generous Father, the loving Father. My God and your God. If you are that person and you want to respond, you can rise up wherever you are. If you feel the boldness and the strength in your feet. If you don't, it's okay. You can pull out your heart. Open it and show it to him and say, Lord, fix it. It needs fixing. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you because you're a loving Father. You love, you love us, Father. You are gracious and you are generous. Yet, you are so wise. You know how to deal with each and every one of us. You have a unique dealing with those who run away from you. And you have a unique dealing with those who are offended at you. Thank you for your wisdom, Father. In the end, Father, we want to be in your house. Around your table having fellowship and communion with you. Father, I pray for all fathers. I pray that they will be godly role models. In Jesus' name.